Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I have another one of my co-authors in the book, Women in Business Leading the Way, Patty Toby. She's the founder and CEO of Plant Life and uh, a pink shoe sister, as I call it. So hello, Patty. How are you doing? Hello, Leticia. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very, very happy to have you. I'm good and happy to have another Pink Shoe Sister. We have such an amazing group of women in this book that is very exciting every time I get to interview one of you. Yes. So thanks for being here, Patty. And uh, as I said to my other co-authors, I waited, although we had the chapters uh, in digital format, I waited to have the printed book to actually read uh, your chapters. And it, and it's so, so much so enjoyable. So I read yours a few days back and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I can tell that this is going to be a great conversation. Good. I know uh, we all have our, our stories, don't we? And that's what makes it all so interesting. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and each one of us, I guess, took a different um, approach into writing our chapters. And we're going to get, obviously, uh, into your own journey. But I love the fact that you base yours about decisions and the importance of the decisions we make in life. So I know you have a lot of wisdom on that to share. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. And learned a lot through the years. And 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 that's what this podcast is all about. And so I'm very happy to have you here. So uh, why don't don't you share with us if, if you would uh, about your childhood? Where are you from? What were you passionate about? And some of the challenges uh, that you had growing up? Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I um, grew up in uh, Eagle Rock, California, which is um, just a small community outside of Los Angeles. And I grew up in a family that was highly abusive. It was an alcoholic family. Um, I was the baby of six children. Oh, I'm sorry and, to hear. Uh, yeah, it was, but it was, it was a really fun time. It was back in the early 50s. Um, and um, we had... Uh, because my mom had to work, so there was no supervision at home. And so my sister that was 10 years old was like my mother. She took care of me. And and so we had free reign of the neighborhood. We ran wild. It was crazy times, uh, but a lot of fun as a child. So it was constantly being outdoors, constantly getting into whatever mischief children get into and, and just having fun, you know, walking to the neighborhood pool and, you know, going swimming all day and, and whatever, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. But uh, the home life. Um, so outdoors was a sanctuary for me, whereas at the house, because my father was an alcoholic and um, very abusive um, it was not a good place to be. So it was a scary place as a child. And um, 
it fortunately um, my mother divorced him, even though very strong Catholic family, she divorced him um, because of the abuse and, and the neglect in the family. And I was only in my, you know, formative years still, but I have vivid memories of it um, because of the fear factor, I think, more than anything as a child when the people that are supposed to protect you the most are the ones that are most violent. And um, so it was, you know, obviously scars that occurred um, in my life, but it formed uh, a lot of decision making as I progressed, because I, as a young child, I had to make these decisions that n- most children shouldn't even be thinking about. But I was older because, again, being the baby of six children, I was a, a an old soul for uh, the age that I was. Absolutely. My mom remarried and she married another alcoholic, um, unfortunately. Um, but this gentleman was a little bit more, he was definitely abusive as well, but he, um, he had an adventurous spirit. And so as a child, we would end up traveling everywhere. We took our car to Europe, um, via, a, a cruise ship. Um, so my, my early, childhood involved a lot of traveling all over all over the United States all over the world and so that was really fun and it gave me a, again a whole different perspective on people and on life and on uh, you know seeing all the different cultures and and uh, fortunately um, you know you look back at your parents and you learn from the good and the bad I mean all of us are made are formed from those relationships and we come to our own decisions on them and uh, one of the decisions um, that I talked about in the book that I made very early on was to forgive the people that were um, you know not being the way that we would expect people to be um, to treat each other and I don't know exactly why but I did go to Catholic school And in that Catholic school um, uh, experience, um, it was very, uh, something happened to me where I was very in tune spiritually to God to just let go of things and forgive people and let go of it inside of myself. So I would just, you know, i I'd give them excuses and that was not necessarily the best either, but I would, I would yeah. make up these excuses in my head for their, their bad behaviors. And, uh, that, that again was, uh, prior to even being 12 years old, that was started at around five and six years old. So, wow. um, yeah, very early on. And I had a wonderful babysitter, um, that was a very devout Catholic who um, she would take me, she would play organ at the church churches, and she would um, uh, take me with her. And she was always the most, she was from um, the old country, and she basically was just the most, wonder, her and her husband were the most wonderful, loving people to me. So they instilled a certain uh, value that I was loved, 
you know, because when you're in an abusive situation, you don't feel loved at all. And you feel afraid of the people that are supposed to be loving you. And um, so she instilled this, I had value. And um, she and um, one of my grandmothers was another person who instilled that I was, I had value as a person. Um, so I never forgot those people in my life and, and the wonderful uh, things. And because of the one, the babysitter, she was a homemaker and her husband was a gardener and um, by trade. And I learned the value of home cooking and, and gardening and doing the things that were more naturally oriented mm-hmm. um, for my personality. And I just became very fond of, of gardening and, and uh, nature and cooking and, and crafts because uh, this woman, you know, she was just very, very talented lady. And, and she just did all sorts of things that always, I would just be amazed at. And as a little tiny child, so long story short, because um, I could go on and on about that, having all those experiences of traveling and, and uh, you know, exposure to a great many things. When I was uh, about 12 years old, um, you know, growing up in a very fun environment, scary environment, but fun because my mom loved she was adventuresome and always taking us to the beach. And, you know, again, we were traveling all over. Um, I just loved being at the ocean. And so I would go down to the ocean because my sister had moved down to San Clemente, California. So I, I moved down to her house when I was 14 and, uh, I had gotten introduced to drugs at the age of 11. And so by the age of 14, I was heavily involved in the drug world And um, my life started going very much downhill because I was doing so many drugs because I was really looking for answers to life that I was asking, like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Um, You know, why does all this bad stuff happen all the time? Um, You know, why... You know, because I was getting taught one thing when I was in Catholic school, but I was visually seeing another thing um, happen in real life. And uh, so I had all these questions and I was very um, not. And again, this is again in the early 60s at this point. So it was during the a very traumatic time here in the United States uh, um, that was changing and there were you know people were were changing like crazy getting into drugs and doing all sorts of crazy stuff and um i ended up moving out of my house moving in with my sister and then continuing um and i moved over to school down here in san clemente but i continued to get involved heavily into the drug world Um, So much so, by the time that I was 15, I was living in the street, and I was a full-blown, I wouldn't say an addict, but I was heavily involved with drugs, doing drugs all day long. And uh, it really caused 
me a lot of pain by doing that, but again, still looking for those answers. So at the age of 16, uh, I was involved with a gentleman that was a a drug dealer, and um, he had a Bible track that was talked about the four spiritual laws about that God sent Jesus to die for our sins, and that um, if I accepted Jesus into my heart, that I would be born again and have a relationship with God. Now, being raised a Catholic, I knew all that, but I didn't know it. And I immediately, I was reading this Bible track one day in my bedroom, and I thought, yeah, right, you know, and um, what does all that mean? And all of those types of questions were running through my head. And then I thought, well, I've always tried to be a really good person and I've always done the right things and you know and then all of a sudden everything in my life that I had done started going before inside of me before me and I just started weeping and just you know like uncontrollably I didn't even know what had happened to me and I basically I thought okay well I want to be right with God I want to have a relationship I thought I was but obviously I'm not and so I prayed this prayer that was in this back of the book and asked Jesus to come into my heart. And when I did that, it was at night and I cried myself to sleep. And I woke up in the morning and I was a maid in Laguna Beach and I hitchhiked everywhere I went. And it, um, I was living in Dana Point at the time, which uh, Laguna is about 15 miles away from Dana Point, and I would hitchhike every morning to get to my maid job. And so I'm walking down the street, and I thought, I am a different person. And I remember this gentleman, this man in a business suit, picked me up on the highway, and I wa- I got in the car, and I'm I'm you know 16 years old, and I get in the car with him. And I said, I met God last night. <laughs> and the guy uh, looked at me like, okay, this oh is going to be interesting. <laughs> Who did I pick up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I ended up, um, he drove me all the way and dropped me off at where my employment, place of employment was. And, uh, you know, I always wondered whatever happened to that man because it, it was just crazy because I told him everything that had happened to me. Well, that was a decision. The best decision I ever made in my life was to ask Jesus into my heart because my life, I went from when I was doing so many drugs, I couldn't even talk a full sentence because I was pretty, my brain had gotten impacted. But after that, that next day, my brain was completely healed, completely. I was like, a, I was a different person. I could talk normally. I could, um, you know, I was just 100% whole. And um, so life went on and, and um, I ended up marrying a wonderful, wonderful man. And I ended up having um, three beautiful children with my husband and um Unfortunately, when all of my children were still in diapers, because I had twins first, and then I had another baby a year and a half later, 
Um, he got addicted to drugs. He was, we were not, we didn't have drugs in our household. We were both Christian people, very involved in, in, um, the Christian community, but he, um, ended up getting heavily involved, um, through helping, uh, his brother and we welcomed him into our house, but his brother brought drugs with him. And in my husband's weakness, he started doing heavy drugs like heroin and uh, different drugs that got him completely addicted. And um, he became a different person in front of my eyes, and he ended up leaving um, when my three babies were still in diapers. Oh, wow. So, um, and it was traumatic. It was very devastating because... It was like I always imagined as a little girl growing up, probably because my family was dysfunctional and um, I didn't have a lot of love. And then I saw the beauty of my babysitter's home life, you know, the lady that was such a wonderful woman um, and her family uh, that I was part of. I saw what family life can be and what you know, a home should be. So all I ever wanted to do in life was to be a mom and a wife. That was my whole goal in life. That's what I wanted. I really wasn't a business person. I wasn't really, I loved crafts and I loved cooking and I loved nature. And, you know, I'm a big outdoors person. Um, And so I really never thought of myself as business, never had any desire or goals to to be in business. And um, so when I got put into the position of needing to support my family at a very young age and having three babies in diapers um, and then having the rejection of my husband, um, it was devastating times. I, I was a young girl. I was still very young. Uh, you know, in my 20s. Wow. And uh, yeah, early 20s. And um, so I had a tremendous amount of responsibility. And my dream was shattered of what I thought my life was going to be with, you know, having, you know, uh, being a wife and a mom. And uh, so it was, it was hard. And so for probably the next Oh, I don't know. I I tried to I did every job imaginable, everything that I could do from home. And in those days, you know, there wasn't the internet and there wasn't of all course, the yeah. opportunities that there are today for for moms to be at home. But uh I did crafts at my house for a pot, a local potter. I I did house cleaning, I babysat, I did all sorts of jobs just to make ends meet. And unfortunately, I didn't have family support. And unfortunately, um, there wasn't the support that a lot of that's available now through the government agencies and such and, and the different, uh, you know, opportunities that there are. And um, it was, I didn't get child support either. So I was on my own. And um, those were very difficult times. I fed my children from the garbage behind the grocery stores. Mm. Um, You know, there was never any money to do anything with it was and the burden of everything was on my shoulders. So I learned a lot during those years. And um, one of the ladies that I babysat for. She was a uh, ER nurse 
and she had the graveyard shift. And so she'd drop her little girl off and I would take care of her during the night. She uh, really liked me a lot and wanted to help me. And so she said, hey, the local college is is, um, offering this program if you would want to go to school and get some sort of degree. And so um, I, I was so afraid because I was, again, just nothing but responsibility, no money coming in and no way of knowing what to do, nobody to talk to about it. Mm. And so I ended up, she filled the application out for me. Oh. Well. <laughs> I didn't even know how to do that. And uh, so I ended up getting into that program. I ended up having enough, uh, I don't know what it would be, but direction, I would say, because I think God opens doors for us, and he, he makes a path when there is none, and he closes doors that nobody can open, and he opens doors that nobody can shut, and the door opened for me to go to college and um, for free which was really a blessing. And I had the direction inside of me to ask, because the only thing available through this program was to be a secretary, and I couldn't type. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, you know, typing wasn't my forte. And I didn't want to be a secretary. And um, at the time, computers were just kind of being offered in, at the college level. This was a long time ago. And... Um, and so they had this new program, and but it was all males only, and they wouldn't let females in the program. But I went to the, the head of the program that I was involved in and said, could I please, you know, I want to do the computer program. Can I please do that? And so they made an exception for me and one other girl, and we got into that program, and that set. Um, my future path. I ended up representing that college for um, computer science uh, to recruit people to that college. And the head of the program liked me because I worked so hard. Um, he liked me. And when a job came, came about through his network of people, I, he ended up referring me in to have an interview. So again, total open doors, and I ended up getting the job, and it was in for the second largest computer company in the in the world at the time, hmm. Burroughs, and I worked in research and development. So it just opened up lots of opportunities and meeting wonderful people from all over the world, and um, I grew in that company, and then my career launched in tech, and so I had a... 30, probably around a 34-year career in technology before um, plant life. And that's crazy. That, that's, I have to say at this point, wow, like I'm in awe by, by all the, your story. And people don't know this because a lot of the, of the co-authors from the book that I've interviewed, I known before or we met at one of our promotion, but you and I have never spoken before. No. <laughs> so, so I'm like, wow, this is uh, really, uh, you know, an amazing story, not only because of your resilience in everything you've said from, from having to feed your, your children from the garbage 
uh, to to go into work from you know that kind of company and and having a career in in technology, being among the first women to uh, being accepted at a college in a STEM um, kind of degree, everything is wow. Like I don't I, I don't I don't even know where to <laughs> what to comment on. It's it's so remarkable, Patty, and the, and the fact that you have. Um, baked in a way well God is totally baked into your into your life and that you have recognized the power that power it's it's amazing it's it's almost like you really have had to go blindfolded for the first part of your life following a path that really it's tougher than that most of us get in in our lifetime so it, it it's yeah. very very admirable yeah the um you know, I, that in, if you read in, in my chapter that I wrote, you know, that decision that I made and I didn't spell it out in the, in the chapter because the chapter was more about decision-making. Um, but I made that decision to accept Jesus into my heart and that changed my life forever. Um, it was not the same anymore because what went from my head being knowing about God went to my heart. So it became a relationship. And that doesn't mean that I was this perfect person or did all these right, you know, all the, did all this stuff correctly. It, it, it was just that I realized that God loved me unconditionally and that he was my father and he was, my creator and he was the one that loved me in the way that I needed to be loved that was missing because I I didn't have it from the family I'm I'm sure I know my mother loved me and I'm sure my father loved me in whatever way he was able to um because I think without a relationship with God you don't know we don't know as people how to love or what love really is um, because we're, we were created and made to have a relationship with God. And um, that relationship ma makes us who we become in our decisions, everyday decisions, how we treat people, how we are, how, you know, what we say, what we don't say, you know, um, our attitudes, our thinking processes, um, everything about life. And so I, that was the most important decision that I ever made. And, um, I, in, especially in today's world, I don't know how people could even, how even people can survive without that relationship with God. And, um, you know, like one of the reasons I decided to do this to be part of the book was because I felt it was time to talk about what has happened to me. I wanted to, I did it because I wanted opportunities like what we're doing right now to share my story. And um, I think it's, it's very important um, because I'm a private person. I don't really talk uh, a lot to a lot of people, but I do live my faith out. And in my company, uh, Plant Life, um, Plant Life is a very family-centric company. We all are very supportive of each other. We have, you know, we we create great product for people, um, but there's 
there's just this synergy here because it's more of a faith-based company. The people, um, and, and it's mainly because as a leader uh, in the company, you know, they have watched, like I'm always telling, everything will be okay. You know, God will get us through this. We just need to put our trust in him. And they've watched, and I don't, that's pretty much all I'll ever say, things like that, unless somebody comes and asks me. But they've watched through the, some of the people have been here 18 years. And so they've watched through the years and um, it has impacted their lives to see faith working the way it's supposed to. And, and what I mean by that is that God has our backs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Bible verse that says, if God can be for us, who can be against us? And he loves us. We're his creation. And so he wants to take care of us, and he constantly, you know, tries to get our attention. And it's so sad when people think that God is our enemy, and he causes all this terribleness that's happening and the heartache that people go through. He is the ever-present help in time of trouble. He's our comforter. He's the lover of our souls. And so, you know, that to me, when people can watch that happen and see, then it speaks volumes to them. And so, you know, this journey in plant life has been a really fun one because um, had I not gone through all that stuff when I was a kid and, you know, we each have our journey and our journey makes us into who we are if it doesn't cause us to become bitter. And if you read in my chapter about forgiveness and letting go um, of the past, it's something that has to be done because if you live in your moment, if you bring your past into your present, you it robs you of them of the present. And the past, you have to let go of it. I mean, you can't. And and I've watched people's lives just just not be the best of what they could get out of life and experience and enjoy because they hold on to grudges, they hold on to bitterness, and and they don't forgive and they don't let go. And so, um, you know, it's it's just such an important factor to um, let go of it. You know, we're all human. And, you know, those small little um, things that I used to, excuses that I used to make for the people that were not, had good behavior when I was growing up as a child, um, I would make excuses for them, as I mentioned. And, you know, what I realized is that at the time I was probably doing the right thing because as an adult now, what I learned is how human we are. Each of us, <laughs> each of us, you know, we make mistakes every day. I do, you know, but I'm loved anyway. And I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, 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 no. That the, everything that the, that you're saying is so right on. And then and, and you and I, I actually, you mentioned two things in your chapter that uh, 
that I, like our um, models of mine, and they're not about forgiveness, but there's like uh, the Nike slogan that you say, just do it. And, and, uh-huh. and that is something that I always say is my favorite slogan. And I say, wow, she has that. And, and then um, Einstein's quote, when you, when you know that insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. And, and I say, oh, we're going to have a great conversation. And, and then, of course, we we kind of uh, uh, see eye to eye in faith. I'm, I'm, I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school. But I always say people have this perception that once you are one thing or the other, you are all good. It's what you're saying, like, oh, it, you know, like it's not imperfect. I never went to mass as a young child while I was in school. Yes, I go to mass now and people think, oh, but she comes from this family and she always went to mass. I say, my parents were never going to mass. <laughs> we went to Catholic school, but they weren't like big churchgoers. And, uh, but people have to label you. And, and to me, uh, more than one religion or the other, the importance is about being spiritual mm-hmm. and recognizing a greater force a greater uh the creator whatever that creator is for each one of us uh so i usually tend to call it the universe so that we don't get into you know what religion each one practices but just that acknowledgement that we are this uh part of a bigger um thing i think it's very very important and the way you recognize that in your life and 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 called it into your life I think is what really um, has made you um, the you know the successful person you are and living without uh, resentment and 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 bitterness because I agree a hundred percent with you I think bitterness is almost like cancer it eats you up from the inside yes it does and the lack of forgiveness for sure um, it's one of those things I see many people that are great people, great qualities, but they just cannot let let things go mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's also important um you know like when I wrote my chapter, it was funny because i i I was super busy here at work, and um, I had made the commitment to write this chapter and and so I was writing it in the middle of the night after my long day. And so I was sitting in bed writing <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, trying to pull all the stuff together. And, you know, it, it's very emotional when you um, think about people who were are going to read this. Because my goal in writing it wasn't for myself. It was for the people who would read it. That if they could learn anything from any, you know, if they read anything and, and say, oh, yeah, wow, that makes sense, um, that's going to benefit them. Because, um, <laughs> you know, my heart is more for people to help them. And I'm a mentor at heart. And, um, you know, I, I really love um, helping people in any way, shape or form, you know, I'll spend hours talking to somebody, you know, if they need it, or, you know, whatever, and my time is their time and, and all of that. But um, anyway, it was, it was quite emotional pulling all this together and, and coming up with this, the, the outline of it and, and putting it on paper. And after I, you know, I, I, it's very short, but behind each one of the things that I was bringing out, it has a whole lifetime of 
proving that out to be true. And it's very short, but I'm going to be, and I hope none of my other uh, fellow co-authors gets offended, but I underline, you know, anything that I catch from all the chapters. And, and I think your chapter is one of the ones I've underlined the most. It, it's short, but it has a lot, a lot of wisdom in every word you wrote. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I know that anybody that gets a book, uh, will enjoy as well and uh, you know and just and I didn't know any of the of, of your background but you know now we're gonna move for the um, last part of, of our chat to to see how you really weren't given uh, you know the ideal conditions at all you have a very tough childhood and, and you really had to find a way into the world find your way back from you know um, these circumstances with the drugs having you know a, a perfect marriage almost and then having to see it go go bad and that uh, yet you find a way and you spend 30 years in technology for what i understand right yeah a little over like around 34 wow so and then, yeah and then you decided <laughs> you were always passionate for nature as you explained also in, in the background part and you decided to found your own company um focusing on products for for well-being basically right mm -hmm. so yeah tell us about um, plant life one one clarification because i'm not the founder of plant life i was i ended up taking over a failing company okay so i was an investor in the company uh, um back in the early uh, like 2000, 2001. And I got involved because I was, I had a consulting company, um, a technology consulting company. And um, I ended up um, meeting someone that was an investor in plant life. And um, I got involved in plant life through this investor. And I, I had been making my own products at home. I'm a naturalist. And so I'm very health oriented and I'm very, geared toward um, eating right and exercising. I was a runner for, gosh, probably 35 years. I was a runner. Mm -hmm. And um, so it, it, it was, I'm, I always felt like the things that you have to eat right and, and, um, you know, keep the body moving, not necessarily doing regiment exercise, but just keep the body moving, you know, moving is exercise. So it's, um, really involved in that. And so going back to the plant life story is, um, I got involved in plant life, I ended up buying out all the other shareholders of the company. In and I took it over 100% in 2003. And I left my consulting um, company. So um, long story short, when I took the company over, uh, I, it was a failing company, but I saw the opportunity because again, I was making my own products at home. I, you know, I understood the importance of what you put on your skin. Your skin is the largest organ in your body. And, um, it's very important to not put chemically heavily laden products on your, on your skin. Cause it all gets absorbed into your body and there are a lot of the um i've been buying raw ingredients for plant life for well since 2003 
And um, I've learned so much about raw ingredients and about uh, all the chemicals that these and what they do to the body. It's just unbelievable. So there's a lot of research now and it's all online and you can find all that out. Um, anybody could Google any one of the raw ingredients that they put list on the back of a product and look and see what it does to you. But anyway, I never wanted to have to make products and at the time when I took over plant life it was a tiny little company it had very few products um and we've built it and built it and built it um and all of our products are made with essential oils and at the time essential oils are popular now but at the time back in um you know 2002 um, essential oils were very difficult to find. You could maybe find a, a lavender or maybe a sweet orange um, essential oil. But now, you know, of course, it's blowing up and everybody and their brother sells them. <laughs> but we were uh, originally always from 1994 an aromatherapy company, which means all of our products are made with essential oils. And essential oils have a lot of healing uh, benefits to them. Um, nature has healing benefits to the body. Um, all you have to do is go down to the beach, spend a day at the beach or go for a hike in the forest and you feel re re energized. Um, well, there's reasons for that. And so, um, nature has this way, our body is wonderfully made that it naturally heals itself. With, through our immune system and, and all of that. But a lot of these chemicals and the things that are in products these days actually um, are, um, without getting into too much detail, because I could get really detailed right now. <laughs> and all the show, oh. and I will have your, your Plant Life's website will be on the show notes so that people can check oh, it out great. for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And so, but our products, they're good for you products. They're great to put on your body. Um, we're more in the health and wellness um, sector of business. So um, we sell in natural foods, grocery stores, and, and um, you know, of course we have our online, but the products actually are healthy for the body and so it's just we love doing what we do and we get lots of feedback from people that are in doing chemo and and that have you know a lot of people's health has deteriorated over the years um uh with various different things because of of a lot of reasons and again i won't get into it because i could spend hours on it um but it's um People migrate, they, they're looking for natural ways of healing themselves these days mm -hmm. through um, holistic practices and, and, and getting away from Western medicine. So Plant Life is, fits into that vein, and our products are geared toward that. We have holistic practitioners. Um, we even have doctors that um, promote our products, not because we ask them to or pay them to, just because they do. And we've had them for years. So, um, awesome. yeah, and it's, it's because, um, you know, it's like the difference between eating, you know, something out of a can or a box versus eating a something out of your garden. 
how it makes you feel when you eat that. So that's, you know, that's, it's really geared, our products are more geared toward, um, like we use organic herbs, we make our own um, extracts, we use only um, cold pressed oils, um, like grapeseed and, and um, sweet almond oils and, and just rich oils in our products. And so they, you know, those are, they, they have properties in them that nourish the body. They nourish the skin. They nourish, you know, um, they don't have chemicals in them. So, well, definitely. That- no, but you're great. I definitely going to check out, check it out. So I'm, uh, I, I will check out and then, uh, buy one, you know, a few of your products and, and try them out because they sound awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I always ask at the end of an interview, um, what makes you tick and you in your entire journey and your entire in this interview um obviously has been a very different interview you've been very generous to share you know your challenges and some of the things you had to go through but now listening how passionate you are about your business that you're doing fantastic you even change your career you've you've done things that people most people would think they cannot do like break free from drugs, raise your family, your children on your own without a career initially. I mean, you're definitely a perfect guest for this show because I I always say I love to prove that the impossible is possible. Yes, that's one. I love that. Yeah, it's one of my main things. and, And that's how the idea of this podcast came about, because then I talk to people like you and I hear your story and I say, wow. And I know so many people that could benefit from that story because I say, if Patty could do it under those circumstances, I can do it. Absolutely. And so I'm always curious to see what makes you tick these days when you have a bad day and you're overstressed. And, and, and we know to have a company like yours, you must work a lot. Is there is there anything you do or something? I'm, I'm sure faith is part of it. But is there anything else that really uh, makes you tick, gives you those butter, butterflies in the stomach when you do it? <laughs> you know, um, I'm a very... Uh... I'll sum it up. I have quiet time. And my quiet time is um, I can be anywhere. It does. I I do have one favorite spot in my house that I I just pull away. And it's my time with God. And, And that's that is the most important thing to me. Um, I feel like I get renewed inside of myself and um, I feel like you can't give to others unless you have something to give. You can't be a, you, you know, I, I, I feel life is a lot more than just self-focus. Um, life is about giving. Life is about experiencing. Life is about, you know, life's exciting and life should be lived that way. But if you're, if you're, if you live in fear, if you live in self-focus, self-serving, it, it, it doesn't bring the kind of life that comes from a, a life of giving. A life of giving is very rewarding. And, um, you know, so like when I go through my day as a, as I wrote in that 
um, in my chapter about watch what you think about during the day. Mm-hmm. I stay away from anything that that would instill like fear or anxiety or stress or any of those types of negative emotions that really drain you of your energy. They drain you of life. And what you should be looking at and experiencing and in your own personal life. So, you know, getting caught up in like right now we're in this coronavirus thing, getting caught up in the emotion of the media what they're being marketed to, what we're being marketed to, I won't, I won't get caught up in it emotionally. I don't get caught up in things. Um, I keep my emotions. I guard my heart. I guess that would be the best way. I guard my mind. I guard my heart. And, um, you know, I just watch what I think about. And I look really to um, the, I live in the moment. I don't live in the past and I don't live in the future. I live right in the moment that I'm in today because I need to enjoy it. It's a present, right? We have that great saying that, you know, uh, live in the present because it's a present. Um, You know, it's very, very important to just live right there and enjoy. And, you know, there's a Bible verse that says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it's like I love that because you know it's really it's truth, and you you know if you live in the moment, just like right now we're talking, and I get to enjoy this re- this conversation with you, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up, and I'll I'll go on to my next deal that I have to deal with today, and it'll be good, you know, and I'm not like stressing over if it's, you know, anything. So um, that's what makes me tick is really my quiet time that I get renewed and, and um, I'm able to, you know, be, um, and I, I don't like saying positive because I don't like, I'm not really into positive thinking. I'm into thinking about the things that I should be thinking about which are not the things that would take away from. So the things to me, like anything that, like I, if I find myself going, oh, then oh, I don't want to think about that stuff, you know, because I can't control it. You know, we don't control our lives. We could, I could walk out to my car and die, you know. I, I, I mean, we don't control anything. And so you know, I think it's foolish of us to think that we can control anything. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. In itself. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you, Patty, you've earned it. I, I feel that, you know, I find myself with the guests that I'm being blessed to host. It's like, oh, my God, I have like three other podcasts I can do with you. <laughs> so this is good because at some point I'm not I don't have to look for new guests anymore. I'm just going to keep inviting the ones that have been here that the mm-hmm. audience knows and enjoy because this honestly has been a very, very uh, interesting conversation. I'm honored to have, to be a co-author with you now more than ever, uh, that our names are linked to the same project because I, you've blown me away and this conversation has blown me away. 
and I definitely will be promoting uh, you and, 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 and the amazing work that you do with uh, Plan Life would be on the show notes. And, and I really thank you for taking time of your busy schedule to, to be here in Back to Basics. You bet, Leticia. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing and for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Patty. Take thank care. Thank you.